Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, welcome everybody. This is Leif Hetland and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I have this great honor to have a dear friend, Dr. Brian Simmons. He is married to Candice and uh, they were actually, uh, I think, uh, I don't know exactly how long you've been married, but at least uh, he, he got saved gloriously in 1971, called to the ministry. I know that you have been a missionary, you were on the mission field, uh, but most people know you as the person uh, that translated the Passion Translation. Uh, I had the honor also of, uh, I think the first time I met you was 18 years ago. I was with Dr. Randy Clark. We came to Gateway Church and we did a healing school together. And we spent about a few days together. That was the first time. And since then, I've been around you a few times. And I think the highlight of my time was together with Bill Johnson and Sean Volz and some of us. We got a vacation time in Bali. Both you and your wife, uh, you impacted me on a very deep level from praying for me to even some of the dreams that Candace had and, and a lot of things that people don't know about your wife are just I've never met anybody like it that gets clear dreams from the Lord. But the, but the thing that touches my heart is the brilliant mind you have. I mean, somebody that's full of power, love, and wisdom together and the convergence of that. That's probably the best way I describe your special sauce. Because in a sense, it's, uh-huh. I, I, I have uh, some of my friends that are phenomenal theologians and they know the words and some know the spirit and some knows the power. But somehow I wouldn't know the difference. Is this the word spirit of power? There's almost like this convergence with you. So, Brian, welcome to our Kingdom Family Talk. Thank you, Leif. You are an amazing ambassador of peace to the world. And to think that I get to have this interview, uh, to be interviewed by you, I'm deeply honored, my friend. And uh, we admire you and your ministry. You have such a legacy that you're leaving uh, the nations of the earth how you're impacting the Islamic world with the love of Jesus. They need to be loved just like anybody else, the love of God. And, and uh, just, you know, in awe so, so much of, of how God has favored you. But thank you so much. Uh, Candace and I, we've been married 50 years. We just celebrated our 50th anniversary with all of our family together. And, and Congratulations. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. yeah, nothing more important than that, eh? To know that that uh, you have a family that loves you and will actually uh, take your calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's it's wonderful. really fun. So where where are you? Do you live in Kansas now? Is that we we have a home here in Wichita, Kansas, and we are caring for two of our 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 parents. Uh, each of our dads, we lost our moms, but a ninety six and ninety two year old dad. So uh, for this season of our life, uh, we're stationed here. Uh, giving them the care that they need. Give the people here just a little bit of your background and a little bit about your ministry, family background. I just want people to get to know you. Uh, I know a little bit of your story, but it's just phenomenal. Some of the journey that even led to this passion translation that we're going to get to talk about in a few moments. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you just a real thumbnail sketch. But uh, Candace and I were converted during the Jesus movement in the early 70s 
uh, whirlwind romance, a three-week engagement. <laughs> uh, that's kind of a short time to be engaged, but we got married with the passion to go to the tribes uh, that had never heard the gospel, and, and our dream came true. We found ourselves after eight years of training uh, there on the, the banks of the Pucaro River on the border of Colombia and Panama, where the drug cartel had set up, you know, their base of operations nearby. And, and uh, we ministered there eight years. Uh, we saw a move of the Holy Spirit in spite of me, in spite of us. Uh, I told the Lord, uh, you know, all night in a prayer meeting under a mosquito net one night, I said, God, you've got to break open this village. You brought us here to reach this village. And God spoke to me and said, I brought you here to reach you. And if I could reach you, <laughs> I could reach anyone. <laughs> and truly, my heart broke open that night and I uh, repented to the village of my lack of love. And uh, it sparked a wow. revival that birthed the church shortly after we left in the late um, in the late 80s, uh, shortly afterwards, our village was overrun by drug cartel, and my best friends, missionary uh, comrades, were kidnapped. The men were kidnapped and later killed in the jungle. That was huge news in the early 90s, all over TV and the internet, uh, not internet, but all over the media. And uh, so my best friends are martyrs. We came back to the U.S., North America in... Um, in 1991 and started the church there at uh, Gateway that you were able to visit. And uh, we saw it birth in revival flames. We caught the wind of the Toronto outpouring and hosted revival renewal gatherings. And we were really like a Toronto in New England there. And uh, God really poured out his spirit upon us, blessed us with a wonderful congregation. And then in uh, 2008, the Lord spoke and, and challenged us to turn it over to a younger team, which we did. And I'm now asking God, since I unemployed myself, what do you have for us, Lord? And I had a divine visitation. And I will, Leif, I will understate this. I'm not exaggerating or overstating. I'm going to understate this. I had a divine visitation, was given a mandate to translate this a uh, new dynamic uh, translation that we've called the Passion Translation. God didn't give me that name. I, that's just the name I chose to name it. But uh, it's impacting the English-speaking world, and it's th a thrill every single day to get testimonies of people that are falling in love with Jesus, that are going back to the Bible again. They're engaging uh, the word, the Word of God, reading it on a daily basis. It's it's, it's so encouraging. Uh, we need the word and the spirit. Uh, they're the, the two wings of the dove, aren't they? They are. Uh, just the one thing that I just struggled with and wrestled with is in, I'm studying again to get another doctorate degree. I'm working with Randy Clark, actually, as part of Dr. Randy Clark's scholars. They have something called Leif Hetland Scholars. I was just with a group of theologians and we were together and and, and again, we have had some of the discussions, but one of my big struggles has been to see some of the critics towards you, because first of all, I know you, uh, and second of all, uh, uh, towards the Passion Translation, I have it here as one of the precious translations that I'm using in my own life. And I also know so many people I've given it to, 
that their life has been changed. They have fallen in love with Jesus. People that have moved from fear to freedom. And God is using this as in a powerful way. Same way as he did a good news Bible or New Living Translation. I have several Norwegian translations that I use. And different ones that have different impact on my life. And I have quite a few different versions that adds value to me. But I'm just asking to you as a, as a friend, how do you deal with some of the critics that comes in and because I've seen a lot of it towards you and uh -huh. a lot of people in different streams and and uh, and and especially for me it's hard I don't have to go out there fighting in behalf of you because I know that uh, my own testimony of what this has meant for me and both also who you are uh, I know your authentic life I know your authentic story I know what God has done in and through you so for me that's clear and for the people around me I don't know anyone that is questioning but for some of the critics that is out there, can you help me a little bit? How do you deal with it? And yeah. uh, Well, first of all, I think the, the best translation there is, is the one that you read, believe, and live. So uh, we're content uh, with people reading any Bible translation, and we're sure not trying to compete with any of the wonderful English translations we already have. For me, I'm just doing what God told me to do, and the rest is up to him, whether anybody reads it or not. I guess it doesn't really matter because I was told to do this. So it's an act of obedience. Therefore, the critics will, will come. There will be criticism whenever you do anything. I'm sure you have faced I that <laughs> yeah. ministry and our friend Bill Johnson and uh, you know Mike Bickle, Randy Clark. We could go right down the line. So after a while, you begin to discern that the, the majority of the criticism is coming from a wing of the church that does not embrace a move of the Holy Spirit, the present continuation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and uh, that is the bulk of the criticism against you, me, and uh, the friends that we mentioned. But as it regards the translation, there are other legitimate critics who have made uh, uh, somewhat of a search of the text. And I welcome that. And I, this is why we are on our, we're actually on our fourth revision right now. Uh, the 2026 edition will be the full Bible. And uh, I'm, I'm aware of some of the flaws of the earlier printings. So we're, we're adjusting, we're making revisions to the text, I'm adding footnotes to clarify, explaining why I'm translating it a certain way, and uh, any egregious problem uh, we're addressing. So we do welcome uh, the, the uh, scholarly input, and thankfully, we now have about a half a dozen scholars who are working with me on individual books uh, to help um, make it even better. And ultimately, I have the, the final say, and I'm ultimately responsible. I understand that. But to have the input of a scholar like David Householder, who is a Fulbright scholar that helped compile uh, Bauer's Greek lexicon. I mean, he's just a genius in every way. And to have others, uh, Stephen Wren and, and uh, seminary professors and, and leaders that are really uh, embracing the Passion Translation and are helping me. So, um, yeah, uh, one thing I'd want to say is I brought it to the Lord early on because it was it started to sting. Some of the criticism started to sting, and I knew that it was false. 
some of the things said about me personally that I knew were false. I said, Lord, what, what can you do about this, God? And he said, well, I can take the ones you have away, but I'll give you 10 times as many because they are helping you as a translator and they are helping you as a, as a believer. And that word from the Lord really helped settle the issue that uh, those that have nothing good to say about the Passion Translation, I don't listen to them because they've never read it. And those that, that have a concern about it and, and they know what they're talking about, then I listen. And uh, it indeed has made me a better translator. I've been working now almost 13 years on this. So uh, I just finished the book of Habakkuk and uh, so thrilled with what I learned in that. And I, I feel like, uh, you know, anything you do over and over and over, you tend to get better at it. So now that I've, I've finished the New Testament and work on the Old Testament, I, I feel more uh, pleasure in doing it because I know that it's, it's as accurate and readable as I can make it. And what would you make, uh, what is the difference if you say from the Passion Translation compared to the New King James or English Standard Version or uh, Good News Living? I mean, in a sense, what, what's the uniqueness or the special sauce? I know personally speaking, they're going to describe the, when I hold, when I yeah. read this, what it does <laughs> for me, each one of them kind of give me different, different things. So I often uh, read several different versions but, but what, what is the uniqueness of the special sauce, if I say that with a passion translation? Uh, I think in, a, in just a word, it is emotive. I think mm. what we're trying to do, you see, accuracy to the word of God. How do you define accuracy? Uh, we, we can't look at God's face when he's speaking to us. We have to read it in the word. But when we text people, we have emoticons. You know, we don't, we want to make sure people understand that we're not angry or we're not being, you know, mean or something. So we'll put an LOL or we'll put a happy face or we don't have emoticons in the Bible. And sadly, the emotions of God's heart often are diluted by some translations. And what we're trying to do is recapture the heart of God. The word of God is addressed to our heart, not our mind. There's not a verse in the Bible that says, read the Bible. <laughs> he wants us to know his heart. It's a relationship. And his words and is how he communicates with us. So we're trying our best to really capture that. Can I give you a quick example? Please, in, please. In John 15, a classic verse that has been mistranslated, perhaps the most mistranslated verse in the New Testament is John 15, I think it's verse 3, that says, every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, I will cut off, I will take away. Yep, but the key words to that is in me. So if we're in him, we're in Christ, and we're having a fruitless season in our life, does God come and take us away and cut us off? No, the verb is mistranslated. It can, in certain situations, mean cut off or take away, but the predominant meaning of the verb is to lift up. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, I will lift up off the ground. I'll nourish it. I'll strengthen it. 
I'm responsible for the fruit of my branches. So I will lift that, that branch that is in a fruitless season of their life and care for them and attach them to the vine and make sure they get all they can of my love and my life. I've had, I've had a couple of scholars who stumbled across that verse and said, you're the only uh, Greek scholar, the only translator that has ever done that accurately. And I said, well, but, but, it's <laughs> but it's interesting, even Bruce Wilkerson, if you remember, walked through the Bible series and he did mm -hmm. a prayer of Javis. He actually wrote a book called, I think I remember, Secret of the Wine. And that was the first time I heard that being explained that way. So I think at least uh, he would confirm what you are saying, because that was the first time I heard a language describing John 15, 3 from that perspective in a sense, and then going from fruit to more fruit to much fruit, instead of, I came from more the fear-based, yeah. the sinners in the hands of an angry God perspective, because I'm trained from a Southern Baptist evangelical, that was my college seminary background, so the way you view that, or even more in regard to even losing your salvation, so you end up with a fear-based when you have the wrong translation of it, instead of a love-based, and that's one of the things, of course, that has captured me with a passion translation that uh, but it is a God that loves this world so much. Right. Yeah. And so our view towards him is reflected how we see ourselves, is how we reflect it, how we see the world and including our eschatology and the future. Uh, I, you know, if I could say this, I, I think an angry translator or an angry translation team will have an angry translation, a yeah. love drenched. <laughs> saturated in the spirit soaked in the love of christ translation team is going to bring out a translation that will have the nuance uh emotions of god's heart are not to be rejected or or feared we are to touch the heart of god when we come to his word so uh, the aramaic if i could bring that up is another issue that we have uh, uh introduced into the translation it is it is a Greek-based translation. I do believe in Greek primacy, but the language Jesus spoke undoubtedly was Aramaic. So every teaching Jesus ever gave had to have been translated into Greek and then from Greek into our English Bibles. So what if we were to recapture that original language of uh, Galilean Aramaic and, and look at it? Uh, are we a true scholar if we refuse to look at the language Jesus spoke in? That's my main contention. And uh, so we've added a sprinkle. I call it a sprinkling. You know, it's like seasoning on your, on your fried egg. Uh, we're, we're sprinkling the seasoning of the Aramaic text through footnotes and uh, at times in the text itself. Also, um, we have... Uh, we have really elevated women in our, in our translation. And I, I've seen, I've found instances, a few, where I believe uh, there's been a uh, misogyny uh, in translations that, that needs to, the dust needs to blow off of the text. We need to recapture God's heart for, for woman. And uh, a male, you know, male-driven uh, translator who can only see one viewpoint of uh, complementarianism, they're going to have a translation that leans that way. But we, 
you know, I have found in the book of Luke that it alternates between an episode with a man, and then a woman. It's, it's, it's Mary, and then it's Zachariah, then it's uh, Elizabeth, and it's, you know, the angel Gabriel, and it's Mary, and it's Joseph, and then it's Simeon, and then it's Anna. And through the whole book of Luke, it alternates male and women episodes. And uh, I found that key there. And I think it's, it's really important that we honor uh, women, including we honor Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus, who has had a Protestant bad rap. She's yeah. been Protestant cancel culture has come uh, against Mary because she's the most blessed of women. It's going to be fun because in about two weeks, I'm speaking to, I think it's 3,000 Catholics. I think this is a mission. It's the biggest Catholic network of oh, priests and bishops. and So that's going to be fun, as well as I'm working uh, this project with the Pope. And the, the Catholics has this project, several of us, this is a unity project. I know the Archbishop of Canterbury is doing a chapter. I'm doing a chapter, different ones. I don't know if you're doing a chapter, but that's another. But uh, I actually had one of my first encounters with the Holy Spirit was in a Catholic church. So uh, I'm saying that also just in regard to what one of the secrets for me, at least in my journey, has been honor. Honor is what love looks like. And people are asking me, how do you get this favor if it is the Sunnah Muslim, Shia Muslim? You're sitting there with the, everything from Taliban to Pashtun. I mean, when people are watching some of the things that is taking place, I say it starts with honor. It starts with honor. When you see the terrorist Saul, can you see the Apostle Paul? And don't trade people based, based upon their history, but their destiny. And yes, the, the lenses of love, how we see people. And when that starts to happen, when you received a lot of grace, it's easy to give a lot of grace when you received a lot of love. And so that's one of the reasons. So when I understand both the criticism and, and some of the things, and even I thought about the women, that where there is a strong religion, women are being oppressed. And every time when Jesus shows up, I see the totally opposite. Women are being set free. And uh, so when we have Christological glasses, so I appreciate that about you. And so, uh, and I, I, I am one that had to repent, including because when I had my baptism of love, uh, everything changed. It was an encounter with love in year 2000, including from Genesis to Revelation. And I didn't even believe in women could be ordained or anything else. And, but after my baptism of love, I certainly was looking. And first of all, I had been judging women based upon the curse instead of the cross. And wow. the, second, the second part of that was that Jesus says, Leif, the first ones that I gave the gospel was women. And they were to preach the gospel to apostles, to men. Uh -huh. Then I had a look at the text and I realized after the resurrection, Jesus revealed himself to women. That they were the first one that got the good news, the gospel. And they had to go to apostles, to men, to preach the gospel. So it was all this paradigm shift he took oh, from Genesis to Revelation, I had to reread the Bible now with a new lenses. Well, I no longer had an angry God. Now I had a loving father, and he wanted me to see what he was seeing. And it would just change everything. Uh, another example of this is, uh, you know, the four men who lowered the paralytic <laughs> to the roof of Peter's house. It isn't four men. It says four people. And it was the chosen uh, series that got me thinking because in the, they reenacted it with a woman as one of those that lowered the man, paralyzed man. And I went back and looked at the text and indeed it doesn't say men. It says four, just four, four people, just four lowered him down. So 
I changed the text because of, of that. So examples like that, Leif, I, I, I just love what you're saying, this baptism of love, and you're releasing it around the world. And I pray the Passion Translation will do the same thing. Yeah, now that's so beautiful. Uh, just a question I have about your legacy. There is Candice. Hey. I found it out in oh, all those you. books. Thank you. I, think so I, should, I, I, should, I should have asked if you had any dreams for me or anything else because that, I remember last time when we were in Bali together. Yeah. That just it was amazing, and yeah. you prayed over me. I could still yeah. see that room, the place. It was amazing. Oh, you're wonderful. Well, I always have dreams, so all the time. Yeah, usually <laughs> five to seven every night. So I, I know it's amazing. Uh, you know, I have to ask the Lord for when I'm with specific people. Sometimes I haven't before I meet them, but uh, a lot of times I just ask and the Lord gives me a dream. Well, you're my dream come true. Thank so, you. yeah, yeah I, I congratulations. Just, 50 years. Oh, I just yeah. heard that you're celebrating 50 years together. That's amazing. We're so blessed. Yes, we? we are. So we, blessed. Yeah, 50 years more in love every day. So, yeah, come on. Yeah, that's well, beautiful. I, I feel like the Lord is saying this morning that, uh, we just really need to keep our eyes on him. This next year can be glorious or it can be the opposite, depending on whose eyes we keep ourselves on, whether it's the world or whether it's on our father, God, if we keep our eyes on him, it's going to be a glorious wow. year. I, I had a dream about uh, years ago about a tornado coming. And I remember running into the house instead of it being the uh, bottom floor it was the top floor. And I kept running down and telling people to run down. I feel like we keep our hearts in a place of humility to Good hear Lord. from him and we make kingdom and his love, the basis of everything we do, that it's gonna be a glorious year. Yeah. And I, I saw a, a picture in one dream of people carrying appetizer sticks and they eat huh. their appetizer and they're looking for more appetizers. And the Lord said, don't look for appetizers. I have meat, I have meat to eat that Come you on. know not of if Come you on. just, Press into mm. me and forget about looking for appetizers because I have st stuff that's so much more glorious than that. It's a time to go for the meat. And the Come only on. way you can get the meat is that you see, you humble your hearts and you go down and that cloud can be glory or hey. it can be destruction. It depends on where you're looking. So we just need to look into his eyes and not into this world because Come in on. the world there's trouble yeah. he says and man has trouble as sparks fly upward but when we look into his eyes everything changes the whole atmosphere changes and we change <laughs> and we have that meat uh, for souls we have something to give where the other Ooh. way uh, it's being taken Ooh. from us the enemy's taking from us but when we look in his eyes we have meat to eat that no other man knows unless they've pressed into that same kingdom mindset, the love of God and all the things that you preach awesome. uh, when you go out. And so we just thank the Lord for you and saying he's going to give you more meat. Amen. That no, uh, many others will not experience because you go all the way with God, thank whatever you, he says you do. And so that's been the, the reward that meat that comes to you of knowing that souls have been brought into the kingdom from all over the Amen. world by that love. So, wow. Let me just, if, while, while you're there, I just thought about one testimony. I just have it over here. And yeah. late at night, the 
two weeks ago, a, a woman with her, he's a top imam, but she's with a full burqa. The women can never be around, even with full burqa. But they came to my room at 1.30 in the morning. Wow. <laughs> the husband had called, and he is a, an influencer, PhD, brilliant scholar, imam. She has bipolar disease. Mm -hmm. And for over eight years, this woman behind his veil in a room, totally struggled with depression and everything else. And then, the, the, uh, and I asked him, can I get permission for her just to lift her veil? And nobody else is around. Nobody gets to say it's in my own hotel room, Mavari Hotel. And again, you said, I was just looking at the face of Jesus right before I looked at her face. She opened up the veil. And at a moment, his eyes was looking at her. And whoa, and wow. her face glowed as the sun. She's, and, and he has told me, PhD, she's totally, as an Arabic, they were discussing back and forth. She had an encounter with his love. They went to the deepest area, totally healed from bipolar disease. And her face starts to shine and she's full of joy for the first time in over eight years. She says, I've experienced that. What is these waves that is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and then he was starting to say in Arabic, they were going back and forth, but describing the very thing that you were saying, just looking into his eyes, looking into his face. She had an encounter. And I actually just got a couple of texts back again, just this whole oh. transformation that oh, Jesus wow. did by just seeing his face. Whoa. Oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave and let you two go on. but Wonderful. Thank you. Good to see you. Nice to see you too. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Bye-bye. <laughs> now, I want you to take a few moments. You shared something that got tears in my eyes. As we started, actually, right before I think the recording started, uh, I do have this one, and I even have a signed. This was your copy that you yourself had, and you gave me your copy, and you signed it and gave it to me. And then you shared and started to talk about art, of something visual that is about to happen. Oh, and I started, no. to, I, st I started to cry, seriously, as soon as you started to talk about it. So I knew there was something anointed about it, but I didn't uh -huh. know. And then, so we kind of waited for that. So I know that's going to be a good surprise for me personal, but also for all of us that are out there. I want you to share about yeah. this new... Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. And I, I know what we're talking about is and I'm going to try to put this where you can see it. Oh, 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 I can see it. Masterpiece wow. edition. Is it backwards or can you read it? No, you can see it. You can see it right okay, here. Perfect. Wow, beautiful. It's a masterpiece edition. And notice the artwork here. This is world-renowned artist Ron DeCiani. His art is featured in the UN, the White House, around the world. And inside the Passion Translation Masterpiece Edition. By the way, if you have a friend who's <laughs> whose name begins with an M. You know, it'd be a great gift to them. Yeah. But inside are 60 different pieces of artwork. Like here's one, Angels Unseen. It's a mother praying. Wow. Over and there's one in here of a businessman <laughs> in a suit in his office. And Jesus is washing his feet. Uh, it's just powerful pieces of art. Some of them you may have seen before, but some of them are unique to this edition of the Passion Translation. Um, golly, uh, I'm just, I, I'm uh, speechless when I hold it, when I read it. Uh, there's so many beautiful treasures, not only in the text itself, but we also have 60 devotionals by, uh, by our friend uh, Cheryl Ricker, who is a literary, literary agent. And uh, she was the one that connected us with the artist, Ron DeCiani. 
a wonderful, wonderful addition to the Passion Translation family. Uh, the Masterpiece New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs. Uh, very excited about it. You can get it on Amazon. Or you can get it on our website. And, um, and you, yeah, that's what's my question is, can you get it now? Is it available now? Yeah, you can get it anytime. Um, you can go on uh, passionandfire.com slash store and uh, we have it available or you can uh, i think actually you could save a little bit of money on the amazon uh, site uh, the store really comes to to bless our ministry where amazon really comes to bless uh, jeff bezos but that's okay <laughs> we've had a but but again how say what is the name of your ministry just because first of all i will at this very moment as soon as we're hanging up i'm going to order 10 copies from my staff each one of us personally yeah. speaking but i want everyone that is watching because what was the name of your ministry i love supporting amazon i have a lot of my stuff on amazon <laughs> and, and I, I love seeing that jeff either him or Elon musk who is the richest man in the world yeah. uh, depending on so that's wonderful but uh, i prefer as i'm saying that you will continue to yeah. because i know i know what you do with your blessings are a little bit different than than what jeff bezos and the other wonderful people out there yeah, so our ministry is passionandfire.com, passion and fire, all one, you know, one string.com. And uh, wow, yeah, I really encourage people to get it. And if you, if you have any love of Christian art, there's powerful pieces in here that I tear up and, and uh, it makes me cry looking at some of these. The boy handing Jesus his bread and, and fish. He's got a ball cap, and it's in today's. Uh, it, it's just a powerful, powerful piece of art. Say it one more time, that because again, I'm a little slow here. I'm writing it down here. That's passion, passion, passion and fire. And P -A fire. P a s s i o n a n d f i r e. Passionandfire.com. Excited. So soon as uh, in less than 10 minutes, there's uh -huh. going to be 10 orders for me and my staff coming in. And I am so, so excited about it myself because uh, soon as you said it, I got tears in my eyes. But there's been moments when I know when it's anointed art. I have several pieces around this office. It's called memory stones. Mm -hmm. I have certain things that at the moment, actually, that even the award from the president of Pakistan is right over there. It's not that that means a lot, but on the awards, it says the ambassador of love wow. is, is on it. So everything I have is around. This is from the imam from Indonesia. When we were in Indonesia, yeah. the top radical imam took off his hat and put on. So, But I've seen what some of those pictures does to me. I have had many encounters when I look at just one of those pictures. Suddenly I have an encounter. There's yeah. something that does something when it comes in a visual format like that and especially when it is anointed so i knew when you started to talk about it and i started to cry i realized that i'm going to have some handkerchiefs when i'm starting to, uh, yeah. to, to to read through it i i would love for you if you wouldn't mind just to do me a great favor to pray for me pray for us pray for us to open up our eyes and even i've, I've fallen in love again with his word on a whole new level in this yeah. season there's this whole thing this treasure and part of the reason i'm even going back to school and, and sitting around a lot of scholars uh, is it's not because i didn't have anything else to do but i do have i do have a whole new passion for his word and a new passion 
for yeah. Jesus. And I do feel in this season, we do need a plumb line, especially in a, there's so much shaking and we want to build our life up on the things that is unshakable. Yeah. So I do believe in impartation. And I believe that the God has given you something that both for me personal, but also for us as a kingdom family movement and everyone that is watching here, that they will receive something so that when they start reading, they're falling in love with the word of God again. They're falling in love with Jesus. That's that God. the flames of love, the fire of love will start to burn in us oh. so that the world can see who he is by the way we love one another. So, Yes, Father God, we pray so, for an avalanche. So, of the glory of God upon our hearts, that we would have the lens of love over our eyes as we look at each other, as we read your word, as we commune with you, God, that there would be the, the sweet harmony of our heart and your heart together. Lord, that we would have divine duets, that we would echo the cry of your heart to see this planet drenched in the God who so loved the world, Revelation. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall upon Leif, Lord, his precious family, all his team members, his ministry. Lord, I thank you for good health, long life, powerful uh, impact and influence wherever he goes. Let his footsteps imprint every nation and every heart, Lord, wherever you send him. Thank you for his calling and his ministry. And for our Kingdom Talks family, Lord, we pray the glory of God would visit us, that we would look at the Bible with fresh eyes, that we would commune with you through the sacred text. I ask for divine secrets and revelation to be revealed as never before. Let us not underestimate what you can do in our heart, what you can speak to us, and how you can transform us, not by information, but by so revelation the revelation of God. Lord, I thank you that everyone viewing, uh, everyone watching and hearing this today, this podcast, Lord, that you're going to speak profoundly to them. Lord, that they would be drenched in the sweet cascading love of God. Do it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.